Ivra, um, there's Rao Tashem. You can do those tunes on In Rabbein Rav Davidol, in his presence you feel pure. You feel that you could speak honest, you could say what you really feel, what you really think. And so we get to take away all the costumes before Adar. We'll re-put the costumes on, but you get to take the costumes away, the breasts of kippahs away, the scarves away, all the cynicism away, to spend some time with the extension of the Kohen Gadol in our generation, with a, a voice that speaks directly and surrounds all of us together. It's so important that we even have our quarantine chavra that outside the window there, we're going to try and look in and listen in. But it, it also means, uh, it also means that everyone has to make sure that if you're leaving, chavra, um, when you when the bezrat from the tish the from Brengen, that you don't go out from that door, you go out from the other door, um, because they're going to go there and then go straight back into their quarantine. So besiat to be on the level to listen to Rav Davidol as a direct link to the Shemaim. Bezrat Hashem.
And he wrote a sefer on Tehillim, which not enough people study yet. But hopefully after you hear a little taste of his Torah, you'll understand why you can't believe that you ever lived in the world without it. This particular teaching, but really entire Sefer is filled with life-giving teachings. Tehillim Davra Melech in general is called in Tanakh by Chazal is called Bar Nafli. Davra Melech is called the, the stillborn. 
himself was supposed to be he himself was supposed to be born a stillborn. He wasn't supposed to have life in the world. And it's only as the Zara Kadosh and as the Gemara itself says, it's only because Adam Rishon gave him seventy years of his life. Adam Rishon lived till nine hundred and thirty years instead of a full 1,000 years, because he gave 70 of his years to David HaMelech, and therefore David HaMelech is called Bar Nafli. He was supposed to be born as a stillborn. Chaim Sha'al Mimcha. David HaMelech said in Tehillim, I, I asked for life from you. And it's only because David HaMelech was willing to give his entire being over to Am Yisrael, that even before he was born, he comes, as the Zohar Kaddish says, in Parshat B'Shalach, that anybody who is neshama comes from the place of Malchus, comes from the sphere of Malchus, they're destined for an early death. That's what we find, for example, by Chabakuk, Habakkuk was called Habakkuk. If you know the story of Elisha Hanavi and the Isha Shunamis, she had a, a baby, she had a boy. She wasn't capable of having children. Elisha promised her that she would have a child. And indeed she did. And then the child dies and she goes running to Elisha who then comes to bring him back to life. That child who was brought back to life, as our says, was Habakkuk. He was called Habakkuk because he received two hugs. Habakkuk from Ashna of Chibuk, Pa'amayim. Chabakuk, he received a hug from his mother, and he received a hug from Elisha, who brought him back to life. Chabakuk, the Zohar Kaddish says, by Chabakuk it says, Atfila l'chabakuk. Something we don't find by any of the other Nevi'im. We don't find Atfila l'yirmiyahu. We don't find Atfila l'yishayahu, t'hosheya. We find Atfila l'chabakuk, because Chabakuk, as the Zohar goes on to explain, like David HaMelech, we find Atfila l'david, and like Moshe Rabbeinu, we find Tefillah the Moshe. Moshe Rabbeinu came from the sphere of Tiferes. David HaMelech came from the sphere of Malchus. And just like David HaMelech was supposed to leave the world early, Chabakuk was supposed to leave the world early. And only in the merit of being revived by someone outside of himself, like David HaMelech, for David, like, like uh, Adam Rishon for David HaMelech, and like Elisha for Chabakuk, was he able to come back to the world. Because these people who come from the place of Malchus, these people who come from the world of of tefillah, tefillah, which is Mesiris Nefesh, which is the willingness to give one's entire life for the Jewish people. So it's inevitable that because they're willing to be Moser Nefesh through the Koch of tefillah, that they don't have really a place in this world. And it's only through outside help that they're able to, to come into the world. So David HaMelech's Tehillim are filled with Mesiris Nefesh. And Rav this mysterious student of the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh, came to the world and revealed how everything David HaMelech was saying in Tehillim was a cry for desperation after a person already finds himself dead. David HaMelech was Bar Nafli. He was, he was the living dead. And therefore, even after he leaves the world, David HaMelech Yisrael Chai V'Kaim. He's incapable of being dead. His whole life he was dead. And so... People like David HaMelech, people like Chabakuk, when they come to the world, 
they're willing to give everything for the Jewish people. And Raviyabi explains the Pasuk in this week's Parsha, based on his parish in Tehillim. Torah, of course, in Parsha Mishpatim, goes through the different Shomrim, the different people who, in one way or another, have in their possession something that doesn't belong to them. Something that either they're being paid to watch, or they're watching for free, or they're borrowing, they're, they're, they're paying for it, they're renting. The most vulnerable of all of these four shomrim, these four people who are guarding something, is the shoel. Because the shoel is not, he's not doing a job. He's not paying for the item that he has. And he nevertheless has something that belongs to somebody else in his possession. So the Pasuk says, if only I could find it. The Pasuk says, that's why I couldn't find it. It's in the middle of the page. It starts on one side of the page and goes to the other. When a person gives to his friend, nope, that's not it. There you go. When a person borrows from his friend, he borrows a hammer from his friend and the hammer breaks. He borrows a living thing, an ox, a horse. Mm-hmm from his friend and it dies Balav ein imo shalem if the owner is not together with him when this thing perishes when this thing breaks so then he has to pay he's responsible im balav imo lo but if the owner of this object is with him so then he doesn't have to pay. He's not held responsible. So listen how you learn the Pasuk. Rav Yebi says, ish Who's the Ish? The Ish is every one of us. And what are we borrowing? One thing I, I ask from Hashem. There's one thing that I have from Hashem, and that's the Chelek al Achas. We have this one thing that Hashem gave us. Our whole life, our body, is being pulled in a million different directions. We have desires. We want to make sure that we're emotionally secure, financially secure, intellectually secure. We want different people to like us in different ways. And so we're pulled in a million different directions. But the, and all of that is the world of multiplicity. The, the body is the world of multiplicity. It has so many different desires. But the neshama is a neshama of achas. It's one. It's what the Maharal describes as the six directions, which correspond to the six days of the week, which is Sheh Tavod. It's the time when we use our body to work. The six directions of right, left, forward, backwards, and upwards and down three-dimensional space. 
And then there's something that's moving outward, that's multiplicity, that's moving out in every direction you could possibly imagine. And then there's the nakuda ha'emtsa'i, there's that one point that's in the middle that holds everything together. The seventh, which is in the middle, which is Shabbos, which is the neshama, which is that nakuda that, even though everything is spreading outward in our lives, there's something in the middle that's holding everything together. Achas sha'alti me'isasham, I asked for one thing, that's the Pasuk and Tehillim that Rav talking about. So when a person comes and he asks to borrow something, sha'alti, if a person comes and he takes something, he's yish'al mi re'ehu from his friend. Who's your friend? Who's our friend? The tzaddikim say that Pasuk is talking about our friends, but it's also talking about Hashem. Hashem is saying to the Jewish people, you're my friend and I'm your friend. Look at Rashi on that Pasuk. Who's your re'acha that you should love like yourself? in addition to everybody else, and all the things that we learned growing up, don't walk in front of me, I may not follow. Don't walk behind me, I may not lead. Every single one of us, but Rashi says, Rashi is a Pashtan, Hashem is your friend. Shlomo Melech said, your friend and the friend of your father, do not abandon, don't, don't abandon him. Again there, Rashi says, who's your friend and who's your father's friend? Kodesh Baruch Hashem. So Rav Yebi says, when you borrow from your friend, and all of a sudden you find yourself in this world, and you find that the thing that you borrowed, the neshama that you borrowed, is broken, or worse. Yishbar omeis. person feels like they've died inside of themselves, something died inside of them. So, one thing I borrowed from Hashem, and even if it was broken, and even if it died, in Baal of Imo, if the owner of that object is with you, if you haven't stopped thinking about that owner of the object, then maybe not only still there he's, he's with you, but precisely there Hashem is revealed to be with you. The Shechina Akdosha is what I want. I want Hashem's presence down here in this world no matter where I fall into. Like the Tzadikim of Slanim quote from, the, from their Rebbe going all the way back up to the Baal Shem Tov, that if a person, not that we wish this, but if a person is incapable of doing the worst of error in the world and then brushing themselves off, coming to Davin Mincha, they haven't even stepped foot into the base Medrash of the Baal Shem Tov. They don't even know the beginning of the beginning of what the Baal Shem Tov is trying to bring into the world because like the Baal Shem Tov, HaKadosh said himself, if I loved the greatest, the greatest tzaddik, the way that, that Hashem loves the greatest rasha, I would be jumping from place to place trying to find tzaddikim and hugging them and kissing them. So when a person borrows something, when you, re- when you come to the recognition that I borrowed my neshama from Hashem, and it's supposed to be used in a particular way, and I broke it, or in some way I caused it to lose its life, it doesn't have the vivid colors that it once had. Something happened from the time that I was born until this very moment that made a crack in my neshama. 
So sometimes it feels like I can repair it, and that's okay, but sometimes if you're anything like like me, and I won't speak for anybody else, but if you're anything like me, so then maybe there's certain things in your life which you consider to be pivotal moments, not Litov, but something that you did that you still haven't been able to forgive yourself, or you feel like there's some nekuda in your life which feels irreparably broken, feels impossible to fix. So long as there's not a base of Mikdash in the world, we should all really feel that way. It feels like it's impossible to... We're about to come to these parshios, Mishpah after Mishpah, we have Truma Tetzaveh, As the tzaddikim say, Adar is a lashon of Alif Dar. The alufo shal olam is Dar in the world. Hashem is Dar in the world. Hashem comes down and He dwells in the world. Adar comes from a lashon of Adaraba. Just the opposite. You thought that you were broken and impossible of, of you, it's impossible to repair you. All you need to know is Alif Dar and then Adaraba. Hashem is still here in that place. The alufo shal olam is dar in that place. That's why the tzaddikim say that the word chet itself, chet itself is spelled ches, tes, aleph. The word chet would be perfectly fine without the letter aleph. You could pronounce the, the word chet without an aleph. The aleph is silent. But our tzaddikim teach us that the aleph of the word chet helps us to understand that Hashem is still present there in the moment of chet, in that place of chet. And that as long as Baal of Imo, we shouldn't know of such things. Chet, what does a Jew have to do with chet? Sitting in yeshiva or learning Torah, we have no business with chet. But maybe there was something 10 years ago, or maybe there was something at some point in my life, somebody said something to me, I broke myself, somebody broke me, happens a lot. Somebody broke me. When I was in fifth grade, there was a, a Rebbe who almost broke me. He tried to break me. Meaning, he didn't try to break me. He didn't try to break me. A very nice person in a, a Talmud Chacham. But he said something in, in his not understanding that several of us were unripe fruit and that we tasted bitter because green bananas are bitter. You just have to wait for them to turn yellow. He said something to a few of us that, in theory... If not for the fact that before this Rebbe was even conceived, Hashem already was hikdim refuel amaka and he placed into the world the healing medicine of the tzaddikim, Moshe Rabbeinu, Shumbar Yochai, Lariya Kadosh, Baal Tova Kadosh, Rabbi Nachman, and so many other tzaddikim. If not for the fact that Hashem already placed that, the Rebbe of Yebi, then we would have thought that maybe he's right. Maybe, maybe nothing will come of me. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'll never be able to serve Hashem properly. But if I know, and if it's been revealed already that Hashem is with me no matter what, that there's nothing that I could ever do to detach myself from Hashem, and that all I have to do is to stop for a moment and to recognize that Baal of Imi, 
that the owner of this neshama is with me, then who am I fooling? I might as well act the way that this neshama is begging me to act. I might as well reveal that which I already am. My children, probably the best safer that I bought in the past 10 years, is a safer of uh, the safer Tanya made into comic books, into comic uh, comics for children. I learned it with my son Akiva not every night, but almost every night. And there, everybody knows, or will now know, that the Balatanya has a very intense explanation of what a tzaddik is and what a rasha is. A tzaddik is a person who has no desire to ever do bad. A benoni is a person who's struggling all the time, but always chooses good. And a rasha means anyone who even does one thing. And on the surface, for many, many years, I always struggled with this teaching of the Tanya because it can't be, you know. Tanya, Baal Tanya, Shneir Zalman of Liadi was a Talmud of the Magad of Mezrich, who was a Talmud of the Baal Shem Tov, who came to bring Jews to a place of recognizing that they're Bnei Melech. It can't be that the Baal Tanya came to tell us that we're all Rishayim. Because Lamaisi, read the Sefer, it sounds like we're all Rishayim. But the comics, the comics explained it to me. In one of the comics, in the chapter where they're talking about the Russia, so the, the chapter begins with a little boy and a little girl who are the main characters in the book. And the little girl, the little sister, is standing on a stage dressed up like Paro. You know, she's got like the snake thing with the, with the head piece and the snake and like a staff and a whole thing. And she goes, I am Paro Harasha. And the brother's looking at her quizzically. And then she says, and she runs off the stage and she comes back on and she has like a fake, you know, like pretend, you know, donkey on a stick type of thing. I am Bilam Harasha. And then she runs off the stage and as she's running off the stage, she trips and a bucket of white paint that's like sitting on the side, flies through the air and lands on her. And she breaks the fourth wall of the comic and looks at you and says, I am love on Harasha. She has this white paint all over her. In the depth of what I believe the Tanya is teaching us with this remarkable commentary of the comics on the Tanya, is that the Tanya is saying that if you do one of your, uh, you are dressing up like a Russia. This little girl was not Paro. She was dressing up like Paro. Spilling white paint on yourself doesn't make you love on her Russia. A tzaddik is just someone who has completely revealed what all of us already are. A Benoni is someone who is trying to reveal what we already are. And a Russia is someone who's dressing up like something they're not. Chalila v'chas, that a Jew should ever think that what it means to say that they're a Russia because they did one thing wrong, because they're shavor omes, to use the Lashon of the Pasuk, that they broke something or that they're dead inside. Chalila, for a second, that you should believe that you are a Russia. In the same way that that little girl was not Paro, nor Bilham, nor Lava. 
She was just wearing clothing of Paro and Bilam and Lavan. And in the same way that the Tanya explains that when a person does a mitzvah or says a word of Torah or thinks a good thought about someone else or about themselves, they're mislabish, they wear a clothing of that or of that mitzvah. Then once we understand that the Tanya is teaching us that really the mitzvahs that we do and the averus that we do are, are begadim, they're clothing that reveal the essence of what we already really are, then we can stop thinking of ourselves all the time based on what we do, not in, a, not in a way that cheapens our relationship with Hashem because we say, oh, I'm already perfect anyway, I might as well. Because who are you kidding? You're not, you're not doing anything for Hashem to reveal your perfection or not reveal your perfection. Hashem loves you. The only person you're cheating by not revealing your perfection is yourself. So to play the game of I'm already perfect so I don't have to get out of bed means that you're just stealing from yourself the delicious feeling of being able to be in control to get out of bed. And so Hashem should help us to be able to to leave Mitzrayim once and for all. And just two weeks ago, I wrote a new nigan. I'm going to play it now. based on a, a Torah from the Knesset Sichezkel of Radomsk. I like to write Nagunim that are strange. Because people don't use the words. In fact, the, the Nigun that I just played, that Lech Lecha Nigun, has a third part. I'm just not comfortable playing it yet because I don't fully know it. I wrote the third part this morning, so it was a snow day. I was home. The words for the third part of that are from the Rambam, from Hilchas of why not? Well, we ran out of like things with the same, you know, how many times can you write the same song to Amman and say, but some Pasuk which have been used and used and used, there's, there's so much. So the Torah from the Knesset Yechezka, and I'll end with this. The Paro said to Moshe Rabbeinu when he was finally ready to leave, he said, okay, you can go, Beseder. But between you and me, this is how the Knesset Yechezka reads that. I'm just going to say it the way he reads the Pasuk, even though it's not the Pshat. Or it's not necessarily the pshat. It's the omaka pshat. So you can leave. That's fine. No problem. But between you and me, let's be honest. Mi v'mi'a holchim. Like, who are you taking with you? A bunch of riffraff. Who are you taking with you? As the angels were saying, halu of the avod zarva, halu of the avod zarva. The Jewish people are worshiping idols. The mitzvah worshiping idols. They're on the 49th level of Toma. Who are you taking with you? Come on. So the Knesset Cheskel says, in addition to that cynical remark of, you can go, but like, you think you're going to serve, you, I get it, your God is great. I've seen like the Sound and Light show, I get it, your God is great. So if your God is so great, then like, this is what, this is the ragtag team that you're bringing to the mountain to go receive the Torah, like, who are these guys, you know? So Knesset Cheskel says that Power didn't know what he was saying, but archetype of Paro, the, the Malach of Paro, the Sar of Mitzrayim, was saying, Mi v'mi'a holchem. You think you're going to Mitzrayim, you think you're going from Mitzrayim to Harsinai, you know that you're on the 49th level of Tomah. 
just to get back up to zero, you need to go 50 steps. Me. You need to go 50... From, you're, you're, you have one foot already in the Shar Nun. Mem and Yod is Nun. Mi v'miyahochim. If you want to receive the Torah, you have to go up to the 50th level of Kedusha. And you're now in the 50th level of Tumah. So the only way you're going to possibly get to Matan Torah is Mi v'mi ha'olchem. Do you know how far away you are from holiness? And Moshe Rabbeinu says back to Paro, B'na'arenu b'skeinenu nilech. Knesset Yecheskel sees in this a reference to the Gemara in Sukkah. The Gemara says in Sukkah that by the Simchas Beis HaShueva, they used to dance like, like crazy. And the tzaddikim would lead in the middle because the tzaddikim were people who had already revealed their essence. And they would sing these words. They would say, Ashrei mi shalo chata. Praiseworthy is somebody who did not sin. Umi shechata yashuv. And somebody who sinned should do tshuva. V'yinchalo. And he'll be forgiven. So the Gemara says there that they used to say that the people who did tshuva in their youth the people who were na'arim when they did tshuva already. So, ashray, ashray the people who did tshuva in their youth so that their old age doesn't embarrass them. But then the people who only do tshuva later in life, those who do tshuva in their old age, ashray to them also. Praiseworthy are they also. Because when they finally come around and do tshuva, then the feeling of I missed out on certain parts of being Megala myself earlier is mechaper for them, that feeling. So Moshe Rabbeinu says, Mi holchim, I'll tell you who's going. Am Yisrael is not afraid of the long journey. Because the Jewish people are capable of going from the 49th level of Tumah, one foot in the 50th, all the way up to zero, and then all the way up to 50. And whether we do it when we're young or we do it when we're older, Every Jew, every Jew will eventually reveal himself or herself. Shalom, 
of having somebody tell you that it'll never be anything. I bless you. I know you have good teachers. I don't have to bless you. I know you already have good teachers who would never say such a thing or who would never even think such a thing, who only are here to uncover layer after layer to express to you who you really are. The opposite of that is having somebody who's able to look at you and to be able to see the good in you, who could see how beautiful you are. A few years ago, um, I found myself in the United States. And by found myself, I mean I was sent there. Hashem sent me to the United States. Uh, I didn't have a beard. I didn't have hair. I didn't have eyebrows. And there's a way that a person is able to look at themselves where, like a good gardener, you know, my father, 
And my father's a big green thumb. He's a good gardener. In fact, I recall, and I recall this often, there's a part of me that even feels like I maybe said this here last year, because it's always this time of year. Already, after Tu B'Shvat, when the... I mean, I know it just snowed here, but... Already by Tu B'Shvat, things are changing in the air. And I recall, as a child, that came out every year, at some time around this time of year, February, Haba Olenolotova, I would walk outside, and inevitably one Sunday or some time when my father was home and I was home, we would walk outside and my father would notice one of the crocuses. The, the crocuses are a type of flower that you plant once and they come back every... And my father would see them poking through like the, the icy dirt that still didn't have grass yet because everything was dead. And the crocuses are one of the first flowers to come back up. And my father, every year without fail, whenever he would see the first crocuses, he would say, Ah, Tchiyas HaMesim. Tchiyas HaMesim. And to be able to have someone in your life, a parent, a friend, a Rebbe, and sometimes you could even do it for yourself, to be able to look at yourself in the mirror, and no matter what you see in the mirror, to be able to look at yourself for a moment, Rosh Chodesh Adar, to look in the mirror, you can even do it in the bathroom, it's okay. It's not, uh, I mean, it's the deepest Torah, but it's not, it's not the type of Torah you can't, it's because it's so deep it can't, it's okay, you can do it in the bathroom. can't be Makabal Toma. To look at yourself in the mirror one morning and to say, you know, Davidal, you're so beautiful. You're so beautiful. Ah, the Gemara says that a beard is hadras panim. And you don't have a beard right now. And Arizal says that Adam Rishon had payas. The first man had payas, but you don't have payas. Arizal says that every human being in the entire history of creation was part of the collective soul of Adam Rishon. He was this soul that included all souls. So Adam Rishon, the Arizal says, had payas. And in fact, the neshamas, the neshamot of the Rambam and the Ramban, the Rambam who was effectively a, a legal scholar, wrote the Yad Chazaka, and it's true he was a philosopher, but he, he wasn't mechubar on a nishmati level to the or of the Zohar Kadosh. And the Ramban, who was a mystic, so the Ariyah Kadosh says, without a shred of joking or irony, he says that the Rambam came from the left payah of Adam Rishon, and the Ramban came from the right payah of Adam Rishon, because left is din. And so therefore the Rambam had the koch of Psak, and the Ramban, who was a mystic, came from the right side. So you look at yourself in the mirror and say, I don't have payas. I don't have a beard. Or I look at myself, and I don't have to be one of these mekubalim who could like read foreheads to see the sins that I've done. <laughs> you know, I look in the mirror, I could see them, they're written all over my forehead. And yet to be able to look at myself and say, ah, you're so beautiful. You're like the most beautiful garden, where the seeds are just... They're sitting right under the, just like Chazal described in the Gemara in Chulin and Daf Samach, that on the third day of creation already, everything is described as having grown, but they didn't really come out until the sixth day. 
like I said before, unripe fruit, as the Piazetz Nerevi said. To be able to look at yourself and to surround yourself with people, friends, and teachers who can recognize that any defect in me or in you is merely a bechina of unripe fruit. So the Chovas that's what the Piazetz Nerevi said, Chovas unripe fruit. So belated happy to Bishvat. I'm gonna try to do this in the dark. Let's see what I can do. These words come from a Torah from Rabbi Nachman. Where Rabbi Nachman describes the job of a tzaddik, Vamikul and Tzadikim, to be able to look and to see Am Yisrael as the most beautiful. Sadeh is the most beautiful field that's filled with the most beautiful and glorious fruits and grasses and flowers and trees. And that is the, that person is called the Bala Sadeh, someone who takes care of the field. Now the real Bala Sadeh, the ultimate Bala Sadeh that on the level of tefillah that we're singing this to, the real Bala Sadeh is the Rabboni Shalom, Hashem himself is the Bala Sadeh, taking care of the entire field. And reminding Am Yisrael every single day, Yisrael Asher that the Jewish people in whom I espair, I, I find tiferes, I find glory and beauty. And Oh, 
Yes, and I wrote this for a, a person who, you know, people send out like uh, WhatsApp lists, like this person's in need of a refuah shalima. So this person's in need of a tchiyas amesim. No longer in the world, but so present in my life and very present in the world. I should try to sing deep from the wellsprings of each of our own achashaltis. Be'ili nishmas, chayim isachar. My dear friend, Chaim Feigenbaum. Did <laughs> da 
teaching that just occurred to me today. I certainly wouldn't be the first to point out that the contrast between Yisrael and Mishpatim is somewhat peculiar. Yisrael, the revelation at Sinai is Kula Or. Kula Or. Or the revelation at Arsinai is an or etan. It's a very strong light. It's a very strong light. Mishpatim is so dizzying because it's so many kalim. It's strong kalim. Kalim etanim. Very strong, Kalim. Avram Avinu is called Avram Eitan. It's called Eitan. Because the light that Hashem was bringing down to the world in the beginning of history was so great. 26 generations until Hashem's Shechina was able to rest finally in the 27th. Ten generations from Avram to from Adam to Noah, another ten from Noah till Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu is the beginning of bringing the Shechina back down to earth. And in the twenty seventh generation, after twenty six generations of elapsed from Avram all the way down to Moshe Rabbeinu, at the at the final of the twenty sixth, the twenty six Kilim Chastos, Hashem's Yudke Vavke impossibly profound, ineffable name, finally has a kli, has a has kalim, has a home. And that's Trumatitzave, but Mishpatim are kalim etanim. And they seem to be, as many tzaddikim pointed out before me, that it seems to be a funny contrast. You have this unbelievable moment of awe, and then all of a sudden we're like, talking about oxen and pits and slaves and all these things. But what's so amazing and what I only realized today is that at the end of Mishpatim at the end of Mishpatim there is almost like a recap, a second revelation. 
the famous words of Nasev and Ishma from Harsinai are really at the end of Mishpatim. And not only that, but we actually get a glimpse of the Kisei HaKavod, Moshe Rabbeinu describes the Livnata Sapir, that, that sapphire stone which is underneath the Kisei HaKavod. And what is the nature of this Livnata Sapir? Chazal tell us that the Tcheles, which some people have a tradition to have now and some people are waiting for, the Tcheles, which is the lot of all Jewish people, represents the Yam, Tcheles Domaliyam, Yam Domalirikia, Rikia Domalikisya Kavod. How do we know that the Kisya Kavod is Sapir? Because of the Parsha, because of these Psukim, the Livnata Sapir, this brick of sapphire that sat, sat like a good throne for a king. There was a Livnata Sapir, there was some sort of footstool that was made out of the same material as the throne. And this Livnata Sapir, when a person sees the Tcheles, it reminds them of the Yam, of the Rakia, of the Kisya Kavod. Now, I heard many years ago from Rav Avram Shor, he cited from his father of Gedalia Shor that he explained, there's another Gemara that talks about the prohibition of looking at colored garments of a woman who you know, big dates of onim, the colored garments of a woman who you know can lead a person to a different type of path. Instead of a person can end up thinking about things that really have no business in the mind of a Jew. And sort of Gedali Shor said, isn't it so interesting how sometimes looking at a color can lead you to the Kisei HaKavod and sometimes it could lead you to something totally anathema to one who is thinking about the Kisei HaKavod. Mishpatim, on a certain level, is the deeper Kabbalah Satara. Chazal already, but it's brought down very strong by the tzaddikim, that this Livna Tasapir is a reference to the fact that Hashem says, you think you're the only one who was in Mitzrayim? With the Chomer Levenim, with those bricks? I was also in Mitzrayim. I went down to Mitzrayim and all I got was this, this lousy t-shirt. Hashem didn't bring a t-shirt, he brought a brick. I was also there in Mitzrayim. I saw what happened to you. Shechinta Begalusa. The reason why Truma and Tetzav are able to follow, the reason why we're able to make a house for Hashem, after Parshas Mishpatim, after this revelation of the Livna appears, because Hashem is revealing to us, as Rav Kook explained in the beautiful poem that he wrote, L'chishos Havaya, the whispers of existence, that the whole world is whispering a secret. And for one person, the secret is, as they hear these whispers of Hashem, they look at the world and they see something in it. And it leads me, it leads us, towards that which is forbidden. And then the world says, Ach, 
this is disgusting. This is disgusting. That's disgusting. The world is broken and, and, and lowly and you should run away from it and food is gross and, and, and your taivas are gross and social media is gross and you, the, 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 the technology that we have is gross. When a real tzaddik recognizes and sees and hears the whispers of existence with the exact same thing, just like one person sees the tcheles and it leads them to the kisei kavod, another person sees the tcheles and it leads them to lewd thoughts. The whispers of existence, Rav Cook says that one day a person will come and, and hear the whispers saying, I am permitted to you. Now this is not a blanket heter to just go and enjoy the world with abandon. But when a person follows the mishpatim, when a person learns to be able to find Hashem out in the field, oxen and pits and slaves and money lending and shomrim then their zochet to find their way from the tcheles to the kisei kavod the tcheles means as Rasalvichik explained the tcheles means as opposed to the white strings which means that which is clear to me that which is bahir that which is totally clear to me that one strand of doubt always needs to be present in my avodah Hashem that I don't know everything blue means you know it's, it's, it's more hazy. It's not white. It doesn't have that, that clarity. And so that strand of tcheles is this lack of assurance in myself that I don't know, and therefore I throw myself at the mercy of, of Hashem, Baal of Imo, that I recognize that even the people who think they're the most whole are the people who are the most broken, going back to the first Torah that we were speaking about. And so now listen to this, because We all know that Am Yisrael, when they came out of Mitzrayim, they were supposed to come, receive the Torah three days, and then go back. It wasn't a trick. Rashbam says, when Moshe Rabbeinu said, three days, go get the Torah, come back, it wasn't a trick. That was really what we were supposed to do. Except that Paro wanted a different plan, and Kachava. The original plan was to go get the Torah, Parshas Yisrael, Mishpatim. And then to be able to go back into Mitzrayim, and we would be fine. Because all of the work that we were doing would have just been another whisper of existence bringing us back to Hashem over and over and over again. The Livna Tasapir, that brick that Hashem had, which is Tachas Kisei Kavod, is the same brick that we would have been building whatever Pitum and Ramses, whatever cities had us building, it would have all been the same thing. It would have been the bricks of Pito and Ramses would have been the bricks of the Kisei HaKavod. It would have been no difference building Pito and Ramses and building the Beis HaMektosh. Because we would have had Shachanti, Besocham, Besoch, Kol Echad, Ve'echad. We would have been having a Beis HaMektosh inside of every single one of us. And everything that we were doing, whatever we were building, whatever we were doing would have all been laced with the beauty and the splendor of Mektosh. The hod of Beis HaMektosh. It's only because of what Paro did that we had to go a different way. And so, and with this, I'll end the teaching, maybe we'll sing one more nigan. That the Zohar Kaddish says, very interesting, very peculiar, seemingly esoteric passage in the Zohar that says, what does it mean that they worked us with Avodas Parach, with backbreaking labor? So the Zohar Kaddish says, Avodas Parach, this is the Mishnah. 
Bechomer, Da Kal Bechomer. This is when the Gemara makes a Kal Bechomer. Levenim, bricks. Chomer means a mortar. The mortar, that's Kal Bechomer. Levenim, this is the bricks of, of that they were having us. That's, that's Libun Hilchasa. That's the whitening of Halacha when you get rid of all of the other opinions you get to like what's, what's the bottom line the work that's outside outside is the brysa brysa which means outside bar outside that's the Zohar Kaddish so the Zohar Kaddish has meant many things to me at different times in life this, this passage but in light of what we just said it appears to me that if we would have had those three days by Harsinai we would have been able to come back and we would have been doing the Avodas Parach, or the Chomer and Levenu, we would have said, ah, Chomer, Chomer reminds me of that Kalva Chomer that I learned. Levenu, ah, Levenu is Libun Hilchasa. It would have reminded me of the Libun Hilchasa, it would have brought me to a place of Libun Hilchasa. It would have been a whisper of existence, it would have been a Tcheles, that was Dom Eliyam, Dom Eliakia, Dom Eliakia, those Levenu that are underneath the Kisei Akavod. There would have been no such thing as a Vodesh divorced from Brisa, from 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 Limud. And so it's Dafka after Parshas Mishpatim that we're finally able to make Kelim Eitanim, strong vessels for that Oritan, for that big strong light that we had in, in Yisro. The strong light that we had by Yisro needs Kelim. That's all it needs. It's so strong that until Avram Avinu it was... It was idolatry, and it was Migdal Bavel, and it was all these crazy things. But when there's a strong light, there's strong Kalim that are there to follow. Until the Kalim are built, and they're falling down, so we'll sing one, one, one more Negan. Maral says that a sukkah is still a sukkah even when it's broken. Like the sukkah that's in your shed or in my attic right now is still a sukkah it's still called a sukkah even though it's not built properly and the raya he says is because the Beis HaMikdash is called a sukkah and the Maral says in the Harachaman that we say in sukkahs we, re- we refer to the Harachaman sukkahs David Hanufales the fallen sukkah of David because even when a sukkah is fallen it's still considered built So we're going to daven strong. Hashem should return his shechina. That we should have kalim to be able to receive the or properly for each of us individually, for each of our families, for our entire community, for all of Am Yisrael, for the entire cosmos, to be able to receive the or that Hashem is sending down to the world in the right way, to be able to build the proper Bishamikdash, which is the Veshachanti Bishocham, the whole Echad Veechad. Rachaman, 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 